Welcome to Choosing Leadership and this is another episode of the Investor's Lens series with your host Somit Gupta. This series will look at leadership from the point of view of an investor or a VC. In each episode of this series we will explore what traits, behaviors or red flags investors see in their founders that they work with and how founders evolve over time as they grow and become better leaders. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to create organizations where people get to do the work of their lives. Together let us do our bit to create a world where all of us can show up as leaders. With that let us get started. Raya is the founder at the Visionary Company and VC and an advisor at Antler. She is an exited founder and investor in 70 plus startups and one of the top 100 most influential women in the European VC and startup space. In the interview, Raya shares her journey from Morocco to Oslo and from the financial world to the startup scene. She spoke about her burning out a few times and what she learned as a result. We talk about the importance of slowing down and taking breaks to be able to make better and more meaningful impact. Hi Raya, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. And to begin with, can you start by sharing a little bit of who you are and what do you do? Yes, sure. So a bit of background. I'm born in Morocco. I grew up in Switzerland where I used to work in private banking and wealth management. And then recently, no, not really recently now, it's been eight, nine years. A few years ago, I moved to Norway. And this is where really my journey as a founder started. I used to try starting startups when I was in private banking, but really the ecosystem was not there. It was a long time ago. I didn't have a lot of knowledge. So I didn't really make it in my early 20s, but when I moved to Norway, this is when I decided to go full in and start as a, my career as an entrepreneur. I have been launching several initiatives here to foster the ecosystem and just mentioned the highlights. One of them is currently the largest job platform for startups to recruit talent in the Nordics with over 1 million job applications per year, which was recently acquired by, by its competitor. And so, yeah, I launched a job platform. In 2016, then I launched an online accelerator for startups because I saw the need for them to get access to expert knowledge. And I saw that this accelerator online got acquired. I became CEO of the accelerators that acquired them. We were, I was working as a head of, fin, head of fintech, coaching startups, especially in fintech, retail, prop tech, helping them get investor ready. Then one thing from another. I've been involved in the startup community, have been advising founders on how to scale, raise money, get investor ready, as well as launching my own initiatives and solutions for founders. So I've been a founder myself, a startup advisor, and an investor. I've been investing for the last eight, nine years since I started, basically, investing in several companies. And that's what I do right now. I advise and invest in Nordic companies. Thank you. Thank you, Raya, for sharing. Yeah. And as you shared, right, that there was a point when you were starting something and it was not working. And then there was a point when it worked. So can you share what changed for you as a leader? And that led to that success. Well, failing, learning, trying again, not giving up, making the wrong decisions, trying again. <laughs> That's what leads you to, at some point, having a breakthrough and... That's, this is what I would say. I persevered and I feel like I'm 
still on a journey as a founder. It's never built. A business is never built. It's just new challenges and new ways to tackle them. We learn along the way how to tackle them and how to be prepared for the next challenges for the next growth related to the next growth. Yeah. Yeah. So in a nutshell, never give up uh, is what you're saying, right? Because if you do not give up when you fail, then eventually you will succeed. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a combination of never giving up, but also knowing when to give up, to mm. pivot, when to stop, because I did stop many times to reflect and look at what was I doing? Was it still what I wanted to do? Was it still connected to my values or did it become something I didn't want it to become? Because mm. you start to build it with others and you start to get input and you start to go after you do sometimes the wrong decisions. So many times in my life, I had to slow down because the co-founder left, because wrong management decisions, because so many things can go wrong when you're a founder. I had to stop, take a break. It could be a break of two days and it could be a break of six months. Take a yeah. step back and see what happened. Do I still want to continue? Is it still, do I still have the drive or do I want to give up? And admit I give up. I had this in my life where I was, I decided to give up. And then six months later, the opportunity comes back on my mm. table and we pick up the project again. And then it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you communicate that to maybe new founders or first time founders that you're working with? Because so much of the language around startups is about fast growth, right? And never giving up that hustle culture. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. I have been myself part of the hustle culture and I've been myself this kind of founder who goes like full in and full blast, full speed and full everything. When we have the energy to do that, we do it. There is time for it. <laughs> and over time, I think we realize there are other things to do. We can do it in a smarter way, more efficient. Mm -hmm. When I work now with founders, I help them figure out the high impact activities. Because founders, either they're solo founders or they still have a small team, lack of resources and so on, they can't be all over the place. They have to figure out very quickly where they should focus their energy and time and money and work a bit smarter than harder and move away from that just hustle culture that gets you, leads you to burnout. And I've seen this myself. I meet yesterday, again, I met a founder who was burned out. Myself, I'm a professional burnout person. So at some point, we just realized there are other ways to run a business and to grow in a sustainable way. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that is such a wonderful advice and so much like uh, coming from somebody who has been in the startup space for so long. And what you shared earlier, I think about self-reflection and slowing down is directly related to what you just said, right? Because until you can slow down, you cannot see what so many times is right in front of your face. Yeah. Yes. There is no problem with taking a break, slowing down, taking time during the day for yourself to reflect a bit and get out of the hamster wheel. Because where, when we are in that process, we don't think anymore. We just execute and we might be executing on the wrong strategies. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So what other successful leadership traits do you see in the founders that eventually succeed? Yeah, I would say basically respecting others, treating them as human beings and valuing them, valuing their life, their input. It's just about 
being respectful and being nice, not trying to manipulate them. Because in general, you hire smart people. You're not hiring people you can manipulate and you should not manipulate anyone. So some of the bad leaders I've seen were those who were manipulative, oppressive, threatening. I have worked with startups that were threatening their team members. And then I have to intervene and say, what are you doing here? You can't talk to them like this. We're not in a, in a dictatorship here. You can, and this is your company. You can expect from yourself to work 24 hours, seven days per week. If you want to, you cannot expect that from others unless you give them ownership, unless they want it. So there it's, uh, I would say the good founders have emotional intelligence and empathy. And the bad founders are selfish, egocentric, and a lack of respect. Yes. Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody either who is working for like such a founder or you have a co-founder like that? Well, I think it shows it's about you make your own choices. Is it worth your time? Do you think that this is going to work? Do you think, can you cope with it? Uh, in my opinion, life is too short and we found this for a reason. We like the freedom of action of top recreating it's also because of a lifestyle we want to do what we like we want to enjoy what we like you have to assess the pros and cons do you want to be with a bad founder but if the business has potential can you cope with it like six months one year two years i don't know depend it's a case by case personally i'm into entrepreneurship because i want to make sure i work with people i like i mm -hmm. enjoy to be around I am, otherwise I can go work for a big company and I don't get to choose who to work with. It's forced on me, it's imposed. So I think it's important to prioritize our mental health. It's not, I think it is important to prioritize our well-being and mental health. Uh, it's a matter of choice. We make choices and we have to take ownership. Thank you. Thank you for bringing in that element of choice because this podcast itself is titled Choosing Leadership. And the, like the foundation behind that is that like we can choose leadership in any given moment. Doesn't matter what we have done in the past. Doesn't matter the situation around us. We can always choose leadership. And I think that's what you are also trying to communicate, right? At the same time, what I've also seen is that even those founders who have that like ambition or that drive, which can create some negative behaviors, even they are not like bad people, but they just are going through a lot or they have that. Right. So what have you observed in somebody or people, how they have grown to become better leaders? So from one kind of personality to a different kind of personality, what has contributed to that? I'll be honest with you. In general, when I meet somebody who I haven't met many bad leaders, to be honest, but in general, I take a step back and I, they are on their own journey. I don't, I didn't have the opportunity yet to meet them again and see how did it evolve. It's either the company, the company is going to disappear. This is, we're talking about startups here. It's 90% chance of the failure. So either the company is going to disappear or because of bad leadership or I am, but I've rarely seen bad leaders succeed. I have a few, one case in my mind. There are always exceptions. In general, especially in the Nordics, we're exposed to, it's a different mindset. It's a collaborative mindset. It's a co-creation mindset. It's very respectful towards people, human beings, nature, women. So it's very rare that we face situations where there is a bad leadership. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. 
And apart from this issue, I'm sure you must get into some difficult conversations with the founders that that you have been up, like you have been an investor in their companies. How do you navigate those difficult conversations in a way that you add value, but also make empower the founder, right? Not weaken them because of your conversation. Yeah, depends on the founder. There are some founders with whom I can be very straightforward because that's how they can they can digest the feedback and take it in and process it. They need me to be very direct and straightforward. And some others, I have to put on gloves, <laughs> like delicate gloves to come in with, we can't force anything on a company we invested in. So, and there are many founders who become my friend. So this is even more delicate. I invest in them. I build a relationship with them, or I've done that before investing in them. And then it's very delicate to manage the relationship from a business perspective. So I'm very careful. Then we would, what I would do or what we would do as a company is that we would set up a professional board. It's not me. I can talk to the board, but the board talks to the founder, for example, right? Mm -hmm. or, or I let other people take care of the relationship. If I feel that the founder does not respond, is not willing to get my input, there are other ways to navigate the space. Most founders in general, those especially who I work with from as an advisor, then my role is a, an advisor and they accept the feedback and we can work on hard topics, tough topics together, but it's agreed. It's agreed that we're there to work on challenges and tackle them. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. So you shared earlier, like from Morocco to Switzerland to now being in the Nordics, can you share more of what drives you? Why do you invest in the kind of companies that you do? I don't know. I think the drive has changed over years. Ten, nine years ago, I was more into building scalable solutions that can impact as many as possible. That was my vision, my drive. Today, the last few years, it's been more into investing in impact companies. So trying to create, contribute in, contribute in creating a better world and supporting founders. So my true passion is entrepreneurship and helping founders create, have an impact, create the business they dream of. And I can help them by investing myself, introduce them, introducing them to other investors or sharing my knowledge, empowering them by sharing strategies, go-to-mark strategies, growth strategies, and so on. I think my drive today is actually to slow down. And so it's funny, drive and slow down. How can it go together? Yes. Yeah, it, my drive is to find a balance between still hel helping founders mm -hmm. and at the same time, moving away from the hustle culture, moving away from going after money, prestige, awards, PR, which I used to do. I had a phase like that, going on stage and, and building my brand. It was part of my journey. Today, I think I'm more into slowing down and doing things in a more, through a more thoughtful process. Yeah. One of my advisors is always trying to slow me down. Tell me, Raya, you're going too fast. And this is also what I tell other founders. We're trying to go too fast. Let's slow down a bit to do, to reflect and do the right things. I'm not sure it answers your question. The drive no, is yeah. changing over years. Yes. And my drive yeah. today is to prioritize myself and work smarter than harder. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember what led to this change? Maybe something happened or you Oh, yeah. It? I yeah. think, you know, burnout, my last burnout was in the middle of COVID. 
And then I had another burnout, maybe 18 months ago. So at some point, you just realize, what am I looking for, really? What do I want? What am I seeking? In the end, what matters? And I had a few friends in my, in my surrounding, in my circle, in their early 40s, they died recently. So this is like the last six months. So they died, one from cancer, and she was 40, another one 42, and died from a heart attack, like seriously. And another one also from a, another kind of disease that it just makes you reflect on life and how you spend your time. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so openly about this. I totally appreciate that. So I want to ask you this, right? Now with this newfound drive of slowing down, focusing yeah. more on impact, right? What, what have you noticed has this done to the results that you're producing? Have the results also slowed down or have the results become actually better? It's interesting. It's actually interesting. I don't think it's just because of the slow down because I'm still working on that, trying to slow down, mm -hmm. thinking through everything I do, but I'm trying yeah. to simplify things. And of course, when you simplify things, your processes, your niche, your target audience, the companies I want to help, it's more, I free more time. The poor quality, life quality is in, has increased. I have time to go back to the gym. Life is not just about like money and working and titles. Who cares really? What I care about right now is having a healthy body so I can live as long as possible. These are my priorities. Of course, by simplifying my life, and trying as much as possible still to simplify it, I have managed to create more time, but also attract better clients. Mm. So I work with fewer companies, but these are the right companies for me. So the revenue of our company has increased and we have invested in four or five companies just the last four or five months. So now I lost track. But we invest more regularly and we advise more regularly. We advise companies that can afford our services and work with us. And this is our impact, can create better impact. Yeah, thank you for thank sharing you. that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think I don't want anybody to get the illusion that slowing down means lesser impact or losing on that velocity. Because a lot of the focus of the hustle culture or that what leads to burnout is coming from a focus on an individual driving something. And when you slow down, you can actually allow the team to flourish, right? So then it produces much better results. So even when yeah. the person who finds it difficult to slow down, I think it's a hard truth for them to swallow that you cannot drive the whole company yourself. And if you're driving the whole company yourself, maybe you're not even doing your role as a leader. And by slowing down, you can actually achieve better or more impactful results because then you create space for others to prosper, create space for others to contribute and also take away all the conflict and the energy, which actually many times comes from that hustle culture, right? As you said, right? Burnout. Everybody exactly. knows that. You might be working a lot, but you're not very productive when you're burned out. Yes. And when you're exhausted and stressed out and anxious, of course, you are sensitive and you can snap very quickly and you don't have time to actually pick up all signs from your team. How are they doing? How are they emotionally challenged? What it's so definitely I would uh, slowing down will help you become more alert. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe another paradox, but slowing down will be help you become more alert, avoid the wastage of effort and energy and actually help your team and your company prosper or maybe even to speed up. And another good thing which you mentioned is simplify. I think that's so important 
because unless you can simplify you cannot multiply unless you can you can't simplify you cannot delegate you cannot put a process around that only by simplifying you can actually allow others to take it and run it on their own so that you as a founder as a leader then actually take the next big thing the next big chaotic thing and then simplify that and you cannot simplify in haste you cannot simplify with speed to simplify something you have to slow down i think that's another wonderful word that you used and just wanted to elaborate on that thank you so before before we end before we wrap up now with this change of drive with this like the experience of having burned out also the losses that you mentioned what gives you the most joy and satisfaction at the end of the day today <laughs> well, of course, when I get to, I meet a founder and it's a click and they are at the right stage and I can come in with the board and investors and my advice and we can help them and we have a plan. And when I get you know, clients telling me, thank you, Raya, this is amazing. So this is a, a lot of satisfaction. It's very rewarding. I feel that I have done my job. However, I get a lot of joy from, I'm lucky to have a garden. I look at the bees, enjoying the flowers mm. I planted last fall. <laughs> I try to enjoy again the simple things from life, looking at my kids playing. So I have been in the past a lot like in a cloud, in a cloud where I don't see what's happening around me. It, even my kids were telling me, oh, mama, you are in the cloud. You are in the startup cloud. Like, how horrible is that? <laughs> I was in a cloud. I was not present. And the last, since COVID with the burnouts and also some spiritual retreats I've been part of and so on, I just realized that I was just a hamster. Even when I left the corporate world where I felt I was a hamster there, I just became a hamster in the startup, in my own business. And I, this is not the, the kind of life I want. I want to be present. I want to enjoy time. I want to see my kids. I want to train. I want to have yeah have the time is the ultimate luxury so i'm trying to focus on on that and that's what gives me pleasure having time for myself like friday last friday i took left work early 2 p.m in norway 2 p.m friday is not early okay it's like regular <laughs> but it is early for a business owner and i went to the spa with a friend of mine we did sauna sessions ice bathing and that was amazing. These are the kind of things I want to do and have time for in my life. It means that, yes, I might have less clients. I, must, I might bring less money into the business, but I'm a happier person and I'm a happier leader. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think the wonderful example of like being with your children and then not actually being there, being present. I think that's all that matters, right? Because if you are, and the same goes with workouts, right? Many times we are in front of somebody, but we are not really there. And yes, uh, exactly. and yeah, and we think that it doesn't impact productivity or it, but it does massively, right? Leave alone the mental health or leave alone your well-being also takes away from the kind of effort or impact that you can make. So thank you mm -hmm. for sharing that. I think it's what we have talked about is something which every leader, every founder, especially those who do not have time or are so busy that they can't find time will find valuable. Uh, so thank you for sharing your life. Thank you for sharing your experiences and your wisdom with us today. And anybody who, who might be listening to, if they want to reach out, find out more about you, what is the best way for them to do so? LinkedIn and I have a newsletter 
on Substack that they can access via LinkedIn, where I share every week knowledge on fundraising, scaling, best practices. So they're welcome to join. Thank you. Thank you, Raya, for sharing everything that you have shared today and doing what you do. And I want to wish you all the best for this new fine drive to slow down, to be present and yet to make an impact, a powerful impact in the world. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. If you like the sound of it, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs ups, ratings and reviews mean a lot to me and my team. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit and until next time, keep choosing leadership.